0: You're now listening to Jesus is the Truth with Ashley Moore from Obey Christ. May God bless you. Hey guys, thank you for joining me today. I am very excited to talk about today's lesson I or message. I feel very passionate actually about this message. And so yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. I think honestly, it's a really great follow up to the previous episode if you haven't uh listened to the previous episode which is episode eight of season one we're still in season one and um by the way I've been thinking how many episodes should I even include in one season (laughs) so that's just a side note I've been going back and forth between 12 and 24. I like those numbers in the sense of it feels like a complete, you know, it just feels like a more complete situation um, when it's either 12 or 24. Um, but if it's 12, we're going to be in season two, like in February. And I don't know if that's, I feel like that's maybe too soon, which is why I'm thinking 24 may better. I don't know, you guys. I'll look into it. I'm going to pray on it and just do what I feel led to do. But I'm curious. (laughs) I am curious about like what the average number of episodes is per season for podcasts. So, if you all have any suggestions for me or tips or just want to comment on this, uh, feel free to do that in the comments um on YouTube if you're watching me on YouTube and those of you of course listening via podcast, feel free to comment over there too. I'm very grateful again for you all listening in. Uh if you can hear the rain, it's because it's pouring down where I am and if you can hear Traffic. It's because of course it's high traffic time. I do believe there's going to come a day where I don't have the, I don't feel the need to say that every time about the traffic at least. And it's just going to become like a thing where you guys, I don't know, are used to it. Those of you who listen to me regularly and those of you who are new here. I don't know. I'll just have to allow you guys to judge me according to however you want to judge me about the traffic sounds. I don't know. I'm just going to have to find at some point I'm gonna have to like, let that go because I'm tired of repeating it, to be honest. But anyway, let's just go ahead and get into today's message. You guys, as you can see by the title, it is about racism in the body of Christ. Doesn't that sound like an oxymoron, doesn't it sound strange? Even like saying it just now, it makes no sense whatsoever. I believe wholeheartedly, actually, that people like that are considered lukewarm. Um, because how can you, how can you host the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and claim to be a believer, and you're not? You're not even fulfilling the first and most important commandment to love the Lord, your God. So to love our God, the one and true living God, that is just to be clear. Okay. God, the father, son, and the Holy spirit to love the Lord, your God with your whole heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the Bible also mentions that to love God is to obey his commandments. So God considers like he counts our love for him in our obedience of his commandments and what he's called us to do and what he's instructed us to do. This is what counts as love to him. So we can say it with our mouth all day long. And there's a passage about that too, actually, where the Lord says, many draw nigh to me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. So you can talk all day long and you can sing praises to the most high God. By the way, every single one of your praises, he's worthy of that and much more. But my point is, that's not what gets you close to God. It's your obedience that he's that that's when he begins to really see you. It's your submission to Him and to His will. Okay? In the Bible, it talks about how believers submitting ourselves, our bodies, as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Other versions of the Bible will say worship, and you'll notice that worship and service or to worship and to serve, these terms are used interchangeably. So these terms are used interchangeably throughout the Bible, and I don't think that's by coincidence. It makes a lot of sense why it's used interchangeably, but I just want to give you guys, I just want to remind you guys of some of these points because I think, I think a lot of people have forgotten a lot of so-called believers and followers of Christ, so-called self-proclaimed Christians have forgotten this. Um have forgotten what the most important part about being a Christian is. And that includes our obedience to the Lord's instructions, his ordinances and his will overall. So I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now with All the confidence uh, that the Holy Spirit gives me to say this, that racism fits nowhere. Okay. In the list of things the Lord has commanded you to, to concern yourself with or to get involved in. Nowhere. Actually, it's the very opposite of, of how he's told. Instructed you to treat people. He told you actually, and this is another scripture in the Bible. He told you to treat your neighbor as you would yourself. Your neighbor refers to anyone in your close proximity. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. The Holy Spirit is leading me to give this intro like this. I haven't even gotten into the message yet, but this intro apparently was necessary. It's important to keep this in mind Uh, If you call yourself a Christian, take it back to the basics. I actually have a passage. um, I felt led by the Holy Spirit. I added this passage last minute uh, regarding some of you who have a lot of very unique and special gifts and talents that you have embraced and you've spent years um, cultivating and perfecting for lack of a better term, and you may be very skilled in that area and and whatnot, but the Lord has something to say about that too, so I'm going to get to that in a minute, um, but first let's just go ahead and get into the message refer- uh, all about racism, I do believe, and I thank the Holy Spirit for that intro though, although it was not expected, I, I do believe it had, had a lot to do with what's going on and what I'm about to mention, so yeah, um, Yeah, let me just go ahead and get into the first point here, and it states uh, that this is a follow-up message to my previous message about clicks in the body of Christ. Again, that's what I talked about in my previous message, episode eight of season one. I don't know when you guys are listening to this particular episode, so I just feel the need to further specify uh, the season and the episode number. In episode eight of season one, I discussed... uh, clicks in the body of Christ and how there are no room for clicks in the body of Christ or the cliquish mindset, like the mindset of being a part of a clique and and these things that there's no room for that in the body of Christ. And so that's what we discussed in episode eight. And it says this message. So this current, the message you're listening to right now about racism, uh, this pairs well with that, with my previous message, because they are similar, in that they both involve discrimination and prejudice. And so then I go on in my next point to define the word prejudice. (laughs) And uh, the word prejudice is defined as preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. So I think this is interesting. Um, I think I I love this definition. Because if they would have left it at, oh, this is a preconceived opinion that's not based on actual experience. So many people would have just been like, I got a I got a story for you. I definitely have some experiences, blah, blah, blah. And they would have tried to justify it that way. But I like how it included the fact that it's not based on reason. And that just takes this whole thing to another level when you say that. And I love it. So the next point here in my notes says, um... I used to be prejudiced and I thank God that he freed me of that. So I am going to share a very brief testimony with you guys because I, I myself, like, I know what it feels like to be prejudiced. I know what it feels like to be prejudiced. I used to be prejudiced and it's, um, I'm not proud to say that. I think it's ridiculous looking back on it. It was stupid. And, uh, I was, it it was a spirit that it was an unclean spirit, a.k.a. demon that the Lord had to free me of. So we'll get into that testimony later. uh, But first, I want to go ahead and move on to the next note. And we will, of course, get into the scriptures. You guys know I cannot leave out scripture um, in my messages. I try my very best, at least not to leave out um, scripture. So this following passage is a very beautiful and powerful prayer from Jesus to his father in heaven. If you listened to my previous episode, this, um, scripture or a portion of, or yeah, this scripture, which is a, which is an excerpt from an entire prayer, like a, a whole passage, um, in, uh, chapter 17 of, of John, the book of John, And um, again, if you, if you heard my previous episode, this is going to sound very familiar to you because I actually referenced the entire passage in my previous episode. Whereas in this message, I will only take a, take a, an excerpt. So I'm only going to refer to uh, two scriptures instead of the entire prayer that Jesus prayed to his father in heaven. Again, this is John chapter 17. I do recommend that you go and read the entire chapter, John 17. Um, And of course, if you want to hear me uh, read and then go on to discuss in part uh, Jesus's prayer, feel free to check out the previous episode. Uh, episode eight, that is of season one. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and read <laughs> without further delay. Um, John 17 chap. So, okay. So we're in John again, chapter 17, I'm going to read verses 20 through 21. And it reads, I am not asking on behalf of them alone. And he's referring to, he's referring to the saints, um, believers, his followers, Okay, and this is Jesus praying. I need that to be in your mind. This is Jesus praying to God, the Father. So it says here, again, I am not asking on behalf of them alone, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their message so that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Okay, so it says here, I'm gonna repeat that again, The just the latter part where he says, that all of them may be one. I don't think that requires interpretation. It's not that deep, you guys. You just choose to ignore What's in front of you? Some of you maybe haven't read this passage. I don't know. But I think that this here, like this, this prayer, what Jesus spoke, what Jesus prayed to the father is implied already (laughs) when it's implied in the commandments. It's implied in the instructions that God has given us since the beginning of time. That we should love each other, that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because some of y'all don't love yourselves that well. and That reflects in how you treat other people, too. And then, of course, uh, some of you are just jealous-hearted haters. And you love yourself very much. <laughs> but you can't stand everybody else. So there's, there's that, too, of course. But... Anyway, let's go on to the next point. So in my next point, I just emphasize the fact that he's referring to every believer. Where in that passage did he mention race, background, or gender? Where did he mention these things in, in that prayer? Again, go back. Feel free to go back and read the uh, prayer in in its entirety in chapter 17 of John And then it says here, he, he is clearly referring to all believers. So every single member of the body of Christ, all who claim that Jesus is Lord and have accepted Jesus into their hearts. He's talking to us. He's talking (laughs) to all of us, no matter your race or your background or your, or your social status. None of that matters. I um I talked about this briefly in uh, my previous message, and I think it's relevant in the, for this message as well. And it pertains to a ment- a mentality, a worldly mentality that I've noticed a lot of so-called Christians, okay, self-proclaimed Christians, are bringing into the body of Christ. And they just need to simply be delivered from it. And I know we all go from glory to glory. We all have levels. Trust me, I'm going to get into my testimony. Okay. I'm not exempt from that. I've been there, done that. And and now I'm here to tell the story. And I'm here to explain as to like how you can get free of that and why you have to. You have to. No room for a worldly mindset inside of the body of Christ the world says to categorize people and treat people according to their status, their economic status, their economic status, their, um, their, their popularity on, on social media and, um, the kind of car they drive, the clothes they wear. This goes back into economic status. Um, well, no, not necessarily. It's a lot of broke people <laughs> that know how to that dress well and drive nice cars too. So I, yeah, I, it's, it's a reason why I guess I, I mentioned that separately, but economic status, okay. Reputation in society and uh, people of, of a certain status within society, basically. The world says link up with them, treat those people better than um, you treat others because, you know, you could benefit from a relationship with them. It all boils down to forming connections and networking and looking out for yourself because of the bottom line. You always have to have that bottom line in mind, bottom line being money thinking about ways to get more money. Can you really look at the motives and chase it all the way down? Just trace it rather, I should say all the way down back to the root. When is it not about money? That's why there's a passage in the Bible that talks about you will either serve, you can't serve two masters. You either love one and despise the other or you, you know, worship one and reject the other. You can't, Do both. You can't do both. Although you may think you're playing on that fence. The Lord talks about what he does with people on the fence. That's called a lukewarm state. And he spews those out of his mouth. AKA outside of the body of Christ. Because again, there's only two sides. So, (laughs) So in the Bible, it talks about back to the, the verse I was trying to refer to back to the verse I wanted to reference in the Bible. It talks about how you will either love, love and serve God and worship God or love and serve and worship mammon or money. As it says, it depends on what version of the Bible you're reading. It's all the same. Okay. It, 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 it interprets the same way. That's not how we operate. In in, in the body of Christ, we don't operate that way. We don't operate in a way that only serves us. It's actually the opposite. (laughs) We're instructed to be selfless, we're instructed to submit our will, to die to self, to die to the flesh and fleshly desires, and to pick up our cross, which is dying to yourself, basically. And bow your knees, submit to the one and only true living God, and to His will, which leads ultimately, okay, to prosperity. So it's only for our good at the end anyway. But first, you have to submit yourself and reject all the other idols. You have to go through that that cleansing, that refining. You have to go through that process, the the process of dying. <laughs> and um learning a new way to live that centers around depending and relying on God alone to supply all of your needs and to guide you into a place that you belong okay Again, that I did not mean to do that. That's the Holy Spirit talking. Um, praise the Lord! It all makes sense, and it's all coming together. Okay, okay. So in my notes, I'm going to move on to the next point in my notes, where it says First um, Corinthians. So we're this is another scripture and the final scripture that I will reference in this message, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse two, and it says, "And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries." and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love I am nothing and then I put here please read the entire chapter so read that chapter in its entirety that is again chapter 13 of first Corinthians because uh, he goes on to to give more examples And um, it's powerful. It's a powerful message to commit to your memory and to lock away in your heart and never forget. Because what it does is it refocuses you (laughs) so that you don't become so distracted and wrapped up in the potential popularity that your gifts will bring you. Because in the Bible, it talks about how when we embrace our gifts, like our gifts will make room for us. Okay, so we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry about. As long as we follow the will of the father, he's equipped us with everything that we need. And anything that we may lack right now is already provided for us in the, in, in the journey, in the path rather, uh, that he's leading us to. So, (laughs) so, so with these gifts, right, with the gifts that the, that the Lord has given us and, uh, and, the grace that he's best, uh, bestowed upon us, um, because there's a measure of grace, uh, that, that he's given all of us, um, along with our gifts and talents. Now, again, everything is unique. These will be unique to every individual. Uh, everyone has their own gifts and talents and measure of grace according to their gifts and talents, et cetera. But the point is this, um, and I do believe this is Apostle Paul who wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. So I believe he wrote uh, First First and Second Corinthians, um, if I'm not mistaken. But the point is, he was writing this letter to the saints, to the believers in Corinth, explaining this because, well, people had this. There people were struggling with this back then too, with the temptation to kind of forget. The, the main reason why or the main, the, the original and primary focus of our purpose. And that is to love, love of God inside of you that is going to draw people closer and save souls. It is the love of God inside of you that actually moves us. So it is the love of God inside of us that moves us to work and to continue to work and be motivated to work for the body of Christ and move in our gifts and in our talents and move in our calling. All of this is because of love. Now, of course I do have a message coming up on, um, on the angry <laughs> aspect of love because there is a righteous anger that exists as well and is and that's love too and I do believe it's very important that we talk about that too love also includes correction and the enforcement of consequences or it includes enforcing consequences when necessary and those consequences don't always look so sweet to um, feel free to read Exodus and Numbers if you want a reminder of what certain qu- consequences can look like that are, that I'm, guys, we're going to get into it. I'm so excited to talk about that side too, because I do, I, I can't stand, I I cannot stand when people only, they make it look like God is just, I don't know, a, a fluffy, something that's just always sweet and nice and and the thing is he is kind he's kind because he's kind like that's his being kindness is god's identity patience is god's identity where do you think it comes from where do you think kindness comes from joy peace temperance okay patience where do you think these things come from They come from the most high God who is holy always, even in his anger, he is just, okay. He is a justified anger. And I don't mean to preach that because that is coming for an upcoming message. I'm so excited to, I'm just looking forward to sharing that message with you guys. I think it's more than necessary in this hour Because people love to box God in and they love to box evangelists in to a certain little picture with their little frame that says only nice, only kind, (sighs) not so. Okay, so anyway, on to my next point. It says here, um, so back to my mention about the having all these gifts. Um, Apostle Paul is talking to the church saying, look, you can have all these gifts. You can be a wonderful prophet, okay? Have a lot of faith. Just have this huge measure of faith. You can be working in your calling, um, embracing your gifts, and have all of this knowledge, okay? But if you don't know how to love, you're nothing. That's what it says in First Corinthians thirteen two. Do you see how important this is? And 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 if anything, this just further confirms the passage that says um, that people will, on the day of judgment, say to God that they uh, cast out demons in His name, and basically they did things. In the name of God, the Lord is going to say to get away from him and that he does not know them. Um, yeah, that's, that's a true story. Like that's actually going to happen. And my advice to you is don't be among those. Don't be, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be among the group of individuals that claim to love the Lord, but cannot stand people like you have absolutely no love in your heart for just individuals for your brothers and sisters in Christ and just have a hard time getting along with people in general because of the bitterness that you hold in your heart um don't be that way because the lord is actually saying that you're nothing If you don't have love in your heart, it is God who gives you love. If you're finding it, finding it difficult to love on people, it's probably because you just need some deliverance. Maybe you've been hurt or whatever the case is. Usually it boils down to hurt though. There's some trauma there, um, unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, whatever the case is, God can handle that. He can fix it, but you have to give that part over to him you have to allow access to that area in your heart so that god can do the work to to give you a new heart and fill you up with love so you can go forth and spread the love of god according to his will what does that look like it doesn't look like just opening your doors to every person that passes by and just being out here uh ignorant and letting people treat you any kind of way and do anything. And you're just smiling all the time. That's not what it looks like either. Like don't go to that extreme. Like it's, it's neither extreme what it is. See, that's the thing too. I think there need, there's a lesson that needs to be, (laughs) there's a lesson that needs to be made about love and the definition of love, according to God's definition of love. And it's, it's very healthy and balanced because we serve a balanced, just God. All of those extremes that people often revert to, all of that comes from society and like Disney movies and Hollywood films and stuff like that. Whatever they portray in Hollywood on reality TV and all these shows and movies and people have been, uh, obviously, particularly I'm referring to American society. Okay. The United States to be more specific, the government here has done a number of on it on its citizens in terms of indoctrinating indoctrinating um the youth me included i I had to be washed okay the lord had to renew my mind deliver me okay among millions of others i'm sure from the foolishness that hollywood spews out and it has been spewing out for i don't know how many decades now um But yeah, that stuff gets into you, into your heart and mind. It gets into your hearts, into your minds, and it it can transform your thinking. And then, of course, what comes next are your actions. And then, you know what I mean? So you just want to be careful about that. But the whole point is, you guys, it's not always clearly. Okay, this is what it's saying right here. It's not always your gifts, the, the execution of your gifts and talents, or the level of popularity you've gained. Because of your gifts and talents, that is not always a good indicator of how close one is to God. Clearly, look, it says it right here. I'll read it again really quickly, then I'm gonna move on to my next point. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse two. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so he's saying, I got all the faith, all the knowledge, all the gifts. (laughs) Like he's, he's using that extreme for a reason. And I think this is so smart. And it says so that I can move mountains. Right. But if I don't have a love, I am nothing. So there are people out here moving, they're moving and they're living their lives, moving and working in certain aspects of the spirit, but they haven't truly been transformed. And that's the renewal of their mind and purification of their heart that's why fasting and praying is so important okay anyway on to my next point I want you to take a moment and think of how close you are to your relatives those of you who are close to your relatives that is I understand not everyone has a traditional relationship with their relatives in the sense that there may be boundaries in place or distance for some reason or another but the point is to imagine the unity of a family. So that's what I want you guys to imagine right now. Imagine the tradition in the traditional sense, okay? Because whether or not we actually have experienced it personally and directly, I don't think has much bearing on our ability to imagine what it's supposed to be like. I hope that makes sense to you. Um imagine for a moment the genuine unity of a big family what do you imagine so if it's a big family we're talking about several siblings (laughs) aunts and uncles of course both parents in the household um and grandparents there as well cousins all the, the whole thing right big gatherings everyone's for the most part getting along when they are apart from one another, they still have a love for one another and they support each other. The idea basically is that they're, they're going to want to love and support one another. Um, And then my final note, I believe this is my final note. Okay. No, I have one more. Okay. Wait. Okay. So next it says, Those of you who have siblings, remember being raised by your parents to love and support your siblings no matter what. So now I'm talking to those of you who have siblings, like in real life, like you have blood siblings. I'm referring to the traditional, the way God intended that people, that families are raised. Okay. It's so interesting. I love it so much. It's such a reflection of what the Lord intended for us and our relationship with him and with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's all, it all makes sense. But again, back to my example, it says, those of you that do have siblings, okay? Remember being raised by your parents to love and support your siblings no matter what? It was practically forced on us as children and then one day it became easy to do because we eventually accepted it as truth and as the right thing to do. So now think of God as the parent of the saints, by the way, he is our father, okay? So, and Christ is the head of the church. Now, God is telling you to support and love your brothers and sisters because God is love, okay? And love is what provokes this kind of concern and unity. Unity in families, among siblings, friends, other loved ones or whatever, all of that is, uh, is from God. It's because of love It's because of the love you have for those people, for that individual, whatever the case is, that you want to unite with them, that you want to be close to them, that you want to support them, that you want to encourage them. So I use the example of when we were children and if you have a sibling, your parents, and I know this personally, so I'm speaking from personal experience, okay, if something went wrong or or if... If there were moments where you mistreated your siblings, the person, the culprit, okay, would be in trouble and be told. And oftentimes was told, "You don't treat your sibling that way. Go apologize, or go hug them, or don't ever do that again." Do you understand? It was like from a young age, <laughs> it was enforced. It-, it was taught, and then it was enforced. Oftentimes there was punishment. Okay. If you didn't do it. So yeah, guys, so that's the same mentality that we are to embrace or the same mentality we are to apply when thinking of and interacting with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Having said that, there are going to be some brothers and sisters that you maybe can't be around all the time. Healthy boundaries are totally fine. That has nothing to do with your lack of loving them. If anything, it's showing them love by distancing yourself um, in a way that's healthy. What do I mean by that? Well, you don't totally ignore them. You just have boundaries in place so they can't mistreat you any longer. But you have no hatred in your heart toward them, nor bitterness. In fact, you've forgiven them. And if they were to call you tomorrow, you may, (laughs) depending on the reason why you have your boundaries in place or what your boundaries look like, you may or may not answer the phone. But the point is, there's no bitterness there. There's no hatred there. We have got to understand that we're not necessarily meant to be super close or walk very closely with everybody, even if they are a believer, and and they're our sister and brother in Christ. It's fine. I'm not saying we need to go and hold hands with everybody and be best friends and have slumber parties just because they're believers in, of God and, and members of the body of Christ. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is stop with the prejudice and the discrimination and the racism. At the very minimum, there should be a sense of wanting to motivate, encourage, and love on. This is the minimum. That's the standard, I should say. I don't want to minimize in any way the different acts of love, uh, which are some of the things I just listed out just now. Motivating one another, supporting one another, um, encouraging one another. These are acts of love, and I don't want to minimize that. But what I'm saying is that standard for the members of the body of Christ, that's something that all members of the body of Christ should be doing to all other members of the body of Christ that has nothing to do with boundaries. You can still have your healthy boundaries in place as you feel led by the spirit to put, to place them, you know, in place or whatever, um, or to put them in place. But, and to get to my testimony. Okay, guys. So I used to actually, (laughs) I have a funny story when I was in my early twenties, Okay, so I grew up in the church uh, since I was 12 years old. That's when I first gave my life to Christ. And then uh, I was on fire for a moment. And then I rebelled and backslid and uh, became lukewarm. Just did what I wanted to do. And until recently, um, 2020 to be exact, when I came back fully and bowed my knee and submitted fully giving my life over to Christ the way it, it we've been commanded to do the way we've been instructed to do in the Bible since the beginning and that's submitting ourselves holy and acceptable unto God again which is our reasonable service or our or a reasonable um form of worship okay so anyway I digress point is <laughs> One of those times that I was on fire for God, so prior to 2020, right, we're going back into when I was in my early 20s, actually, and um, I remember going into a different setting. So it was a certain music, certain kind of music I had only listened to up until that point. Again, you have to remember, this was, I was like 19 or something, there was a certain kind of music I had only listened to up until that point, type or genre of Christian music I had only listened to up until that point, and it had only embraced that kind of music up until that point, et cetera, right? Then I went to, like, this Christian retreat. Actually, I was accompanied, one of my, actually, she's a very close friend of mine, a sister of mine to this day, um... And she accompanied me there. So she knows the story. If she's watching, it would be really great if you could put some laughing emojis. If you happen to come across this video, if you could put some la- laughing emojis in the um, in the comment section, that'd be hilarious. Basically, my point is at this at this uh, Christian camp, basically, that's what it was like a retreat a Christian camp. It was overnight. I think we spent like three nights there, maybe maybe four. I don't know. It was a short trip, but it was a bunch of young people there in our early twenties, late teens. And, um, the music was different. It was a more of a contemporary gospel and I wasn't used to that. And I literally thought again, looking back on this, it was, it was incredibly stupid, but <laughs> cause there was no reason or there, there was nothing, no solid foundation that I could base my prejudice on, <laughs> or my thinking. But, um, I just didn't think the Lord was moving in it. I was like, when I would go to the, the services, I was like, what are they doing? Up until that point, I had boxed God into a certain image. And, um, I didn't consider that there were other types of, there was other music that the Holy Spirit anointed and moved in and spoke to people through. I didn't consider the other types of dance and forms of worship through song. I mean, again, looking back on it, extremely ignorant. You got to also keep in mind, you guys, Facebook was just starting to try to take off. It was just kind of getting momentum. Okay, this was back in 2008. Social media did not look anything like it looks today in 2023. Um, it, it looked very different back in 2008. Okay, our bubbles were a little smaller back then. Our view of uh, the world in a lot of ways, was smaller back then. So cut me a little slack. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, I really honestly didn't have a good excuse. Um, except to be, I was a babe in Christ. I was still growing and learning. So anyway, and all that he is, to s- so many millions of people from around the world, of course, he moves in and anoints all sorts of styles of worship as it pertains to, you know, what's unique to that individual. As long as they're not going against the word of God, we're individuals for a reason. Back then I just knew I I, I had my reasons for thinking the way I was thinking. And I thought it was right. I thought it was okay until we got checked in a very gentle way. I was checked by one of the leaders because actually they didn't come and seek me out or did they? I can't even remember. I just remember having to sit down and I expressed, it was very casual by the way. It was like, in a pic at a picnic table because we were in the mountains it was really cool but my point is (laughs) we had a sit down chat and I think I just myself and my friend expressed our concerns and we were like we don't really agree like where's the xyz type of music where's this where's that why don't you guys do it this way why does it have to be that like what's going on here and then they gently reminded us that not all styles of worship are going to look the same, and it doesn't mean that God is not moving in the midst. And um, that left me thinking for a very long time, and that set with me. I never forgot that conversation. It's it 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 stayed with me for years after that, and it changed my thinking slowly but surely it was a seed that was planted in my heart and it was all a part of my journey to becoming a mature christian a more mature mature christian of course i still have a a, quite a ways to go there's there's not we're not gonna we're not gonna finish learning you guys there's always gonna be an eternity's worth of knowledge to gain and new and just incredible sides of God to witness. My point is I was still very much a babe in Christ at that time. And I got a wake up call that checked me in the spirit realm and caused me to mature and to look at God differently in a way that was how I was supposed to be looking at him to begin with. And it also caused me to look at my fellow sisters and brothers in Christ differently. And it caused me to actually, <laughs> and actually guys, I have a funny story for you. My favorite type of gospel music to, to this day is contemporary gospel. Um, I prefer that type of gospel music now. Isn't that ironic and so funny? I just thought it was. I think that's funny. It's my favorite type of gospel music. It has been for a while. And I just think it's so ridiculous to box God into a certain genre of music. That's so stupid. The Lord created all people. So all styles of music, if you can believe it, um, all these different unique styles. I mean, it it originally comes from God. He's the original creator. He created all of us and the styles that come out of us. Unless, of course, it's tainted. I, I feel like the enemy, he just, he taints and perverts things. And that, of course, comes from the devil. But in, in the sense that, like, the true art form, like, before the perversion, before the tainting, that's that comes from God. And that's the beauty of God. All of the different races, cultures, ethnicities, art forms, music—they're so like that is the beauty of God. That is God's work of art, literally. Who are we to sit and sit there and say, "Oh, if you don't come from such such background, if you ain't such and such race, you not really—you ain't y'all ain't hitting on nothing. Y'all not doing." Y'all not really doing nothing, much of anything over there. Y'all should go to such and such church. Y'all should do it like this. Y'all should sound like this or the, or the Lord ain't in the midst. Now that's not to say there aren't aren't ministries out there that are dried up because there are, of course, there exist ministries that are dry and the Holy Spirit is not in the midst. They don't even care to involve Jesus really. They just are being religious and just at a certain point, they just have a meetings. They're not having church, they're not, they're not inviting God in to, to be in the midst of them and do a work on the inside of them. There's no revival. There's, you know, it's just having a, it's like a club having a meeting every Sunday (laughs) and they just all claim to be Christians and that's it. But other than that, that's all like they left God out. I'm not saying there aren't churches like that. There are but I'm saying that's not exclusive to one particular race there are dried up black churches dried up quote unquote majority white churches dried up quote unquote majority Asian churches just as much as there are Asian black and white churches that are on fire for God that are predominantly black that are predominantly white that are predominantly Asian predominantly, predominantly Latino all sorts of churches that are on fire for God they just happen to be predominantly whatever the race is I would love To see, and I know there are some churches already like this, but I want to see more, more churches with more diversity, all sorts of ethnicities and races all gathered under one roof, praising the most high God, bowing before his throne, worshiping at his feet all races from all different backgrounds under one roof. Again, I'm starting to see more and more of it and I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to God, but there's still so much racism in the mist as well. And that saddens me. And that's what led me to create this video. I am so tired of seeing the division. I'm tired of people picking and choosing who they're going to support based on their race first And then their connection to whoever second, and then it's like, okay, I guess I'll support you. Or nah, you didn't pass the test. The only thing that should pass the test in terms of you encouraging or supporting and loving all your brothers and sisters is the fact that they are Holy Spirit-filled believers. And they're putting out a message that's truth. If you already follow them, and a lot of people don't even follow other people if they don't look like them. Like they won't even support them in that way if they don't look how they look. Like their reflection isn't similar in terms of skin color, in terms of their background and stuff like that. They just won't even support them. It doesn't matter that they're Christian. Those are the people I'm I'm coming for. Get it. You got to get that together. You better get it in order, because uh, I believe it was Apostle Paul that wrote First Corinthians. And he wrote that letter, the first letter um, and second letter to the church of Corinth. And he already gave you your warning. He already gave you your warning about that lack of love. He said you ain't nothing. He said if you don't know how to love, you ain't nothing. It don't matter. All that other stuff you do, great. It don't even matter. I didn't say it, y'all. First Corinthians. Apostle Paul said it. The Lord said it. Through Apostle Paul. Okay, Apostle Paul was Holy Spirit filled. Speak, preaching the gospel. That's why his letters made the cut. And they are included in the Holy Bible, along with the other books of the Bible. All inspired by God. These are the Lord's words. This is God speaking. First Corinthians 13 too. Okay. Don't check me. Don't, don't check God either. Don't you dare. How about you check yourself? <laughs> How about you get in line and ask God to check you? I know. I, I think that's a really smart, um, actually a really smart uh, habit to develop is to ask the Holy Spirit to, Check your heart to scan your heart for anything that does not belong to the Lord and to remove it. Every hidden thing, Lord, cleanse me through and through. Wash me through and through. If there's anything unlike you, anything that's not like you, that's in me, get it out. I don't want anything to do with it. I renounce every tie, every covenant every thing that i got myself into in a state of ignorance or whatever the case is i sever the tie right now in the mighty name of jesus lord deliver me heal me and set me free remove every every single unclean spirit deliver me i don't want nothing to do with it and uh, that's what some of you guys need to pray and that's what you need to believe and that's how you need to walk out through life and you're going to notice Lord, fill me up with your love. Teach me how to love all my brothers and sisters, how to support everyone, everyone, no matter what they look like. As long as they love you, Lord, especially, you know, like minded people, some of y'all are limiting your possibilities of growth, which includes financial wealth and financial status and or rather your advancement in uh, your finances and things like that. You're you're limiting yourself because you don't want to work with anybody that don't look like you. God didn't do that. You did that. You and your backwards thinking, you and your stagnated mindset did that. So don't look up and blame God that you still stuck. They ain't got nothing to do with God and got everything to do with your lack of obedience and submission to his instructions. Because he said, love your neighbor how you love yourself. And he said, that we are to be one as a father and, and the son are one. We as in the believers in the body of Christ. He didn't say anything about color. He didn't say anything about gender. He didn't say anything about background or financial status. All right, guys, I got to go. Uh, we're over an hour. I need to get this under an hour somehow. But um, I pray that you guys found this helpful. Yeah, can y'all stop hating? And can y'all stop being... um racist and discriminating and prejudiced. Again, I know what that's like. I've, I've had symptoms of that. I'll put it like that. Cause I thank the Lord. I've always had an open mind to all races. I love and embrace all races. Um, I I love traveling. I love meeting in new people, new cultures, embracing new cultures and people and learning about them and everything like that. And I thank the Lord for that mindset. Give him the glory for that mindset that I have that he's given me. But I will say I had my moments and I just shared it. I shared it with you guys about, I don't know, my mindset was just a little bit closed off to certain styles of music. <laughs> For for a little time period there, that was so stupid. (laughs) Anyway, the Lord freed me of that, guys. He can free you too. Just submit yourself to the Lord, okay, and and stop allowing the enemy to run run y'all like he does. Okay, it's limiting you ultimately, and it's hurting you ultimately. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys, and thank you guys for tuning in. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel, and don't forget to uh give me a thumbs up if you enjoyed it you know i appreciate you guys and i'll see you later Bye.